Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. Today, Justin Hall from RightSource here, talking not-for-profit governance. And today, we're talking a little bit about research. It's something that comes across... Um, it's come across quite a lot recently in terms of uh, where an organisation should sit in terms of the research they're doing. And what I'm talking about here is not not for profits that are set up specifically to research uh, or, or to find um, you know, scientific research, but not for profits that are there for a purpose and are looking for research to supplement what they do. And this is very interesting because really what that when I talk about research, it's really having that independent viewpoint that they can then lean on as an organization. So say, uh, for example, um, homelessness, which is one area I do a lot of work in. Um, and if you've got independent research that says if you do provide services this way or you provide a housing first model, it saves the economy money or it helps the government um, utilize its resources better. If you have an independent body saying that, be that a university or an academic uh, body that's coming through and, and doing that research independent of your organization. It allows your organization to then point at that when you're talking to government, when you're talking to marketing, to, to those other aspects of your organization to give it more credibility so that you know there's a lot of noise and there's always a lot of people trying to say how all the good they're doing. If you can actually point to someone else saying, confirming the value that you're adding in terms of your organization, that allows you to lift yourself up and actually give you a better chance in the things that you're doing and being successful. So re- independent research and, and that independence part of it allows that lift. So because of that, that's I think why I'm, uh, we're coming across a lot lately, um, a lot of organizations looking at um, how they get involved in research or if they are already involved in research, how they continue that involvement. and. It's, it's quite interesting, quite interesting. So one of the first things then is like, well, when you're looking at research is should you do it in-house? Now, what, what I mean by that is you've got obviously the ability to hire someone internally to be a head of research and to, to, to drive that research agenda. Um, probably secondary to that is to partner with a, a research organization so they share the cost of an individual, helps minimize the cost. Lowers the amount of control you might have in terms of what research is done and the resource, but it lowers your cost while still being able to have a fair degree of influence in, in the research that's being done. Probably the downside of that internal research person is, especially if it's a wholly internal research person, is potentially the independence or the independent viewpoint that's seen. Um, but you do get to own the IP and you do get to control the, the process. Obviously, as you step down to that partnership model, your independence increases, your control decreases. Um, and then obviously you've got that ability. Lastly, well, actually there's two other ones. There's the outsourcing the research. So to say, okay, go in and pay a research body to do a specific piece of work. That piece of work might be a bit expensive individually by itself, but obviously you're not hiring and having an ongoing um, commitment to research. So it lowers your longer term cost. But less likely you'll own the IP and much more independent because you're paying someone to go and do uh, research on a piece 
they go and do it, it's their credibility that's on the line. Um, so that for the independence, and because you don't own the IP as well, um, really helps to be able to point to that. Obviously, hopefully it gets the result that you want, but it at least gives you an independent viewpoint. And lastly, sort of taking the outsource model a bit further is actually effectively just seeing what other people go and research, what other research is done that's out there and keeping uh, a watching brief on it. So not paying for the research as such, but you know, people are doing research all the time because they want to make, find out the best way to approach the problems that we've got. So quite often research is done that you can go and, and point to that is freely available um, as long as you're referencing the source of the, the research, it's there that you can rely on it. So there's probably the, the different aspects you can take in how you deal with research in your organization. And as you can see that that breadth, there's quite a difference in terms of cost, in terms of independence, in terms of you know, the structuring, how much research you're doing, the volume. So it's not a simple conversation just from looking at that. So why? Why would you look at that? And I suppose there's a couple of, of, of for me, um, points that really uh, resonate when you're looking at research in terms of the value it adds to a not-for-profit. The first real one for me is in that advocacy piece. So if you're advocating for um, you know, a, certain, a certain group of individuals needing help or how that help's provided or the fact that you know, the way that you're creating your services needs to be more freely available to people, that information and advocating for that if you're doing that, you know, just one-on-one, -on -one and it's you and the and the um, you know, the government representative who's doing that, or the organisational body, it tends to be a little bit. Well, this is my opinion, um, so you should believe it. it. It's a he said, she said thing. Where you get research and you can point to a piece of work and say, well, this point of piece of work says that if we do this model or we undertake this activity, this is the benefit overall that we society get or as the government gets. And then you can have a conversation around not is there or isn't there a benefit, but is there an ability to provide assistance? And it's a different conversation. And it allows you to have more authority in that conversation because you're bringing that research along with you. That isn't just your opinion, but it hopefully is agreeing with your opinion. So that way you've got a basis for it. And it, it provides a much deeper conversation and a much greater chance of success when you're advocating because especially with the government, I mean, they only have a certain, they don't have an endless amount of funds, so they do have to pick and choose what they, they put their money towards. So by having a confirmed point of view and an independence that the government can point to and say, well, actually, there is more chance of these funds actually making the impact that we want, there's more chance of success. And sort of flowing from that then is, you know, that funding potential so when you're using it in your marketing or when talking to your philanthropic interests, again, if you're saying, hey, look, we're doing great stuff, please give us money. Yeah, that's not untrue. But if you can actually validate that you're doing good work and point to another external piece of a reference point, say, look, these people have confirmed the work we're doing, the impact that we're making. So that's why you, why you should invest your donations or your, your philanthropic interests in our organization because of the impact that we make. And we can demonstrate that. It's not just, you don't have to take our word for it, you can take their word for it as well. And that then gives, especially the, this is, I suppose, the as everyone's becoming more educated and they're, in terms of how donations are used and that market, 
they want to see that you know when they give money to someone to go and do some good that the good is actually you know being delivered and is making an impact and then the last area in terms of research that I find um, quite valuable for an organization especially as you know new you know, technology comes around you know, society changes more challenges come up um, what can happen with an organization when it's, it's not for profit when it's first set up is it'll have a purpose but because of these changes the purpose gets not lost but unclear and say so, well we started out doing this because that's what we we're going to do to make the difference to fix the issue that we see but now this technology's happened there's some NDIS has happened or you know so now it's not clear how we're achieving our purpose yeah we're doing stuff but maybe our, our purpose has got a bit unclear in having a research uh, or ability to look at research and say well you know how you're looking to achieve your purpose and this is how you know things have evolved and this is the things you can now do that to be effective in achieving those goals can help you redefine your purpose or shift it a little bit but it allows you to get that focus back so um, or even ask the question like oh we set up our organization to uh, you know help the environment in terms of cleaning the ocean is that being achieved is it getting worse that's one piece so does it still need to be performed i think we probably know the answer to that but you know having the researcher yes it, it is and you know then maybe researching in current techniques that are being employed to see whether there's an area you want to get involved in or an area that through that research is shown to be missing so that type of stuff can really add value to the organization in terms of you know, giving its direction back to so that's really a, a bit of a summary on research. It's a really interesting topic in terms of a not-for-profit because it isn't necessarily the core operations, but it can add a fundamental um, lift to an organization in terms of where it stands and, and its progress going forward. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.